tuning in to yet another episode of the Conversation Podcast here at McCurdy's Comedy Theater. Today, Les and I got to sit down with the very, very funny Al Romas, who's our headliner this week, and our feature act, Mike Cronin. We uh, talked about a lot of different things this week, and uh, the conversation starts off talking about another fellow comedian, uh, Pat Godwin, who's played our club before, and just kind of talking about his life and uh, his relationship and how hard it is to to date and be a comedian and uh i hope you enjoy this one i had a lot of fun and uh give it up for my guests welcome to the conversation (laughs) (laughs) so uh welcome to the conversation we're in mccurdy's green room uh, this is where the comics hang out, and as much as we can just capture the natural conversation that we have while the show's going on, that's what it's all about. It's not an interview, and uh, and, and and we have Mike Cronin right here. Say hey, hello. How's and it going? That's that's Mike's voice. Mm-hmm. It's really nondescript. It could be anybody's. Of course. Is it Mike? <laughs> is it, do we really know? We don't know. We don't know. I don't know. And it's this is podcast. Al Romas, who's he's not sure about anything. I'm either. not. I'm <laughs> world, world of confusion. <laughs> Which, you know, after many, many years. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. And Mike, our producer. Hey, how you doing? Hey, Mike. There we are. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, yeah, Pat, <laughs> you know, Pat, I mean, I think there was two different times with Pat where he came and he came and he's like, I've met this girl and she's, it's just unbelievable and everything's great. And then, you know, 15 yeah. or 18 months later, he comes in and it's over. Yeah. And he, I think he did it twice. Well, and, like, and one wow. of them, one of them has a, you know, he has a son. Had, yes, adopted the son. Well, he adopted the daughter. Mm. He had a son. And had a son. That's right. 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 So that's a little, you know, mind looks pretty simple. A lot of alimony there. Yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, because you and Val were never had children. We no. didn't have children. Yes. We yes. have a house. That right. was it. That was it. So, yeah. It's easy to work that out. I, it seems to be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to say uh, <laughs> Any, anything. I and don't always, know how easy it's going to be. And always remember, uh, anything we say can be edited out. Right. Okay. <laughs> so all you have to do is say, don't leave yeah, that in there. <laughs> no, we yeah. won't. Exactly. It, it ain't uh-huh. about exposing anything at this yeah. point. Just no, chat. it's all good. Well, that's, uh, well, that's good. It's good it was aim, you know, amiable. Is that the correct yes. word? Yes. That's mm-hmm. the word. And... Uh, but uh, do you? And I always wonder. You know, I said to Pat after his third one, I was going. Do you think traveling as much as you do yeah. was the was the key? Was really the, the the when you look at? And he he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he goes, but the goof is, in the beginning, it's all. You talk to them about it. You talk right. to the one, and they're like, "No, I got no problems with it. I'm good with it." Yeah. But over a period of time, I think there's probably. Uh, I don't know. She never said anything. Ever about right. the travel? No, never bothered her, mm-hmm. and we always kind of made it work. I would come back, and it was kind of fun, and we'd have yeah. a good time. But, but I think honestly, when you look at it, uh, I think the travel definitely weighs yeah. on. Oh, it has to. Yeah, you know, you're just mm-hmm. not there. Yeah, I mean, right. never there. You know, you sign up for a marriage, or and mm-hmm. the other person uh, isn't there. I mean, it, it's you know? it's the reason I have a club. Yeah, I mean, not not shitting you. I mean, you know, when when Pam and I were moving towards marriage, I went, you know. Uh, when we first got married, I I told her I said I will never take more than two gigs a month, which would put me out ten or twelve days a month. Right. And I and she was cool with that. And I said I you know no more than that because yeah. I knew I have guys that are salesmen yeah. that are away from home that much. But mm-hmm. I just felt like and that's half the year. It is. And that's mm-hmm. pushing it. 
a well, little. That's what bit. I was doing two weeks a month. That's what I whittled it down. Yeah. Two, but it, that's fourteen days. Yeah. And of course, when you take gigs, you know something comes up. Oh, yes. uh, you know, so and so is having a party. Right. When is that? Oh, Saturday. I can't go. Right. You know, and you, uh, it's got to get old. I mean, you, right. you know, you're not available. Exactly. If you give me six months, <laughs> I can, I can put that in my calendar. Yeah. But otherwise, I'm not going to cancel you a st- week. You start treating your wife like a club. Well, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but how am I going to cancel a full week to no. go to a party? Right, right, right. For right. three hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. You know uh, neighbors don't realize that. It's like, hey, if I go to your party, I don't make any money all week. Right. It's not like you. Maybe you don't go to work Saturday or yeah, Friday. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, my whole week's gone. That's right. And then the next week, I'm off. Right. So now we're going into three weeks. The third week, still no paycheck. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So you can't do that. No, no, well, I can't anyway. Well, yeah, yeah. You have to be at another income <laughs> yeah. level somewhere down the line. Yeah. Or yeah. that, or you got to start selling something illegal. <laughs> <laughs> something illegal has to start happening. I know. What's illegal anymore? Well, no one's illegal. Yeah, anymore. you can't. <laughs> what is illegal, illegal now? Everything's illegal. Everything's illegal. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. So are you, you think you're going to stay in Tampa? Um, I don't know. You know, that's the, I, for me with the cruises, Mm -hmm. it makes sense to be in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, but lately I've been doing the big, the 6,000 passenger ships and they're out of Lauderdale. Okay. Or Miami. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. That's not a big move. It's not a big move. I don't know. I really don't know if that would, uh. If they'd even be worth it to me, you know, I have right. I'm kind of set up here in Tampa. Yeah, yeah, I mean, only three hours, four hours. Yeah, to or or even a twenty-five minute flight. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So right, right. Uh, oh, so man. I don't know. We'll see. Six thousand, six thousand people on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> have you wow. done ships? No. I just got off of a little cruise. Well, I was doing one of the little carnival cruises. Oh, okay. it, it was a friend of ours uh, um, got married, and they're 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 a couple. Uh, uh, George and Carol have been together for 10 years. And then finally, I, probably, it, when people are together that long and they decide to get married, there's something, there's some tax break. There's some financial, right. generally, because mm-hmm. they go, we're already yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, they just decided, hey, we're just going to do a little five-day cruise and, and go on something that's not too expensive and anybody that wants to come, just tag along. You okay. Know? So that's about 40 people. And that's about my third cruise. Where was that out of? Uh, Tampa. Oh, okay. went down. We were supposed to go to Havana, and that's what got I me know, excited about. I know, I know. And then they and then they put the kibosh yeah. on that, so it went over to Grand Cayman, and yeah, you know, I did three Havana cruises, and it's like you show because I love cigars, mm-hmm. and it became like you're showing me this this adult Disney World, and now it's gone. Like it, you know what I mean? Right. I wish I'd never seen it. I wish I'd never <laughs> been there. Oh, just yeah, yeah. it's so unbelievable. <laughs> and you know, I mean, where you're just looking at the greatest cigars there. You know, it's $6 American. Right. You know, that kind of thing. Right. It was killing me. Uh, and then I took one on a small, because you have to be a small ship to get in there. Right. So I took an 11-day thing on this tiny little Royal Caribbean ship, because it was going to go to Havana twice. Oh, yeah. And then I get there, and there's no Havana. Now I'm on this little tub for 11 days. Right. Going to now, when you, buy, when you buy the cigars over there, you can, you can bring them back? Yeah. Up to 100 uh, each time. So yeah, did you bring a hundred? I probably, in, yeah. I mean, I I was getting Venmoed from friends. I was gonna say <laughs> friends oh, wow. and Venmoing me while I'm on, going, yeah. you know, here's two hundred bucks. Can you do this? Can you do this? Yeah. And uh, I mean, the you know, like I said, it's so dirt cheap mm-hmm. that you just keep buying sticks, and it doesn't. You sure. can't spend that money. 
Right. Everyone gets into Havana and you change your money over. Right. And almost everybody, when they come back, has to re get some money back. You can't spend that money. Right. I mean, literally, it's nothing. Rum drinks, or they turn out to be about a buck seventy-five American. You know, <laughs> wow, doubles. Yeah. I mean, it's it's impossible. It's ridiculous. So yeah, but yeah. it's it's gone for now. Oh, is that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's gone for now. I uh, think they'll open it back up. I yeah, when know. I was over in uh, Spain. Pam and I did a Spain Portugal thing this year. Oh yeah, a bucket list. Thing. I saw you on. Uh, oh yeah, Facebook. they put it on Facebook. Yeah. I used to say don't post my shit on Facebook till we get home because it just tells everybody you're not home. That's true. Yeah. You know what true. I mean? It's like, uh -huh. hey, I'm gonna be gone for another week. If you want to try to rob yeah. the house again. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but now my daughter, who's 25, and has I'm a granddad now, by the way. Are you really? Yeah, Taylor. Your daughter's 25. She's yeah, 25 years old. And uh, so she's at the house when I'm down. That's ridiculous. It's crazy. That's ridiculous. I just say, I say again, you know, it, uh, it, it happens every day. It happens a thousand times every day. But when it happens to you, when your baby, when the baby that you saw be born has a baby, it's a little disturbing. Well, yeah. I remember. It's great and wonderful and I weird. remember her at the pre, not the last club, the one before the, the kitchen. Yes. I mean, she was, you know, five. Yes, six. Yes, little kid, just a little. Yes, yeah. because that was. Uh, let's was see, that? we were we were we we've been we're going into our fifth year here. We were fourteen kitchen. years. So that's nineteen. So you're talking about twenty years ago. Wow. Yeah, she was five, four or five, <laughs> yeah. toddling yeah. around. That's you when know? I met you at the big yeah the exactly big, the big kitchen exactly. <laughs> oh no, it's freaky. Yeah, it's man, it's freaky. That is. Yeah. Wow. What do you have? What did you have? Boy, girl, boy, boy, boy little boy, nice. and uh, he's a wonderful baby. Just uh, just a chill baby. He's one of those babies just doesn't doesn't cry a lot, doesn't get upset, smiles, just wow, happy. He's just like just happy as shit. Yeah, yeah. So it's good, good Excellent. for her. That's good for her. Wow. So yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Do you have kids? I, no, no, no kids. kids. No. All right. Good. <laughs> no kids. Not married. Wow. What are you yeah. a comic or something? I am. Yeah. yeah. A smart one. Comedian. Guys. Smart comic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No kids. No, no doubt. Mm -hmm. It's the way to do it. That's yeah, for sure. That's yeah. For sure. Are you still staying on the ships a lot? Um, well, I, you know, I mean, it was I was doing a week on, week off. Yeah. Two weeks a month. And you're, you're always over with Royal Caribbean. Royal Caribbean, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I do, like, I, w I was telling uh, Ken last night, I whittle it down to, like, I do, you know, like the Borgata, Atlantic mm -hmm. City. Right. Great, great room. I do, like, maybe this room, uh, Port Charlotte. You know, just a couple of, and then the convenient. rest is convenient, and yet... I can't afford to go. I mean, the road is, uh, right. as you know, it's it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's for a comic. If you can't draw, if you can draw, I'm sure it's great. Right, right. But right. if you're just a regular comic, uh, I just don't. You know, I can't do it. So. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it, it, it the the road the road begets the road at a point in time. Yeah, you, you have know to what figure I mean? something out. Uh -huh. You have to get a niche. That's right. And you have to go. I'm going to do cruises, or I'm going to. You know, I'm going to do some writing, or I'm going right. to. You got to do something, right? Mm -hmm. I think there's a. You know. To me, that the 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 process that should be natural for comedians, if you're thinking it through, is that my first thing is, is I got to get to headliner. Right. Then once I get to headliner, I've got to get that core block of work mm -hmm. that keeps me, uh, uh, you know, sustained and and uh, you know, living a, a human being lifestyle. Then, right. I think at that point, you need to somehow figure out a long term goal. Yeah, but with an exit strategy. But you're talking about comedians. And I know. So there's no thought it. at all. It's no. just no. we all got in it, and then we were on the road, and then 20 years passed, and then you go, 
oh my god, like, you know, what the hell's happening here? I know. <laughs> yeah. You got nothing in your bank I'm account. A, yeah, I'm in the like, big kitchen next week. I know. You know what I mean? Like, I this is not happening. Yeah. You I know, mean, but there's no, like, I remember a couple of years ago, I was at the Improv in Tampa, and I did a Wednesday night. So, uh, who's the booker of the Improvs? Do you know? Is that is Bob? Stroop? Yeah. Stroop. Yeah. Yeah, he was there uh, for Kansas City and uh-huh. those things. So he said, the headliner dropped out. Could I do tomorrow night? And he goes, are you available this weekend? And I said, I was, you know, Thursday. And he goes, oh, my God, that's great. He goes, can you do Kansas City Improv uh, Thursday through Sunday? And I go, well, I would have to get a flight, you know, in the next couple hours. But I go, what's the money? And it was like 1200 bucks. And now, what's my air going to be? Half? Yeah. At least, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And what am I yeah. going to spend? What am I, I going to go out to Kansas City for three hundred, four hundred dollars? Yeah, mm-hmm. I go. I can't. Of course. And not. that was a gig I used to. I would have killed to go do. That's right. Headline the Improv in Kansas City. Oh, awesome. Oh, and I'm yeah. turning it down because I'm like I can't. It, yeah, right. You know. Mm-hmm. And then I thought he was lowballing me, so I called uh, TJ. You know, TJ Mark in LA. Yeah, yeah, an agent. And uh, I just said to him, I go, TJ, go, uh, uh, Kansas City Improv headlining Thursday through Sunday. And he goes, I don't know. Twelve hundred. I go, oh, I go, wow, wow. Okay. Yeah. Damn yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. Mm. So, uh, so no, couldn't do it. We're exactly yeah. right. You know, mm-hmm. it just it, it, it. That's where I think uh, you comics need to look at a back end, man. Right. With an exit, which means I'm going to get famous in a region. I'm going to focus mm-hmm. myself on just a region. Right. See if I can get regionally famous. Guy, yeah. You know what I mean. It's kind of like, and and it, this this is how hard it is to put butts in seats. You take it, you're, you're a comic, and you've worked you've worked this club, fifteen times right. over the past 15, 20 years. You worked this club fifteen times. Wouldn't you think you would think, right. and, and they love you. They right. love you. You kill. You yeah. kill there. Mm-hmm. And you would think that you would think okay, they're paying me fifteen hundred bucks, maybe two thousand, you know, for the week, but something like that. And they don't cover my travel, and, and, and they put me up. You go, all you need is 300 fans. Right. 300. Put in. Yeah. Then you go in on a Monday night, charge 20 bucks a ticket, take the door because you go, you're not even open on Mondays. Right. If I can fill your room up, you know, less expenses or something. Mm-hmm. So say you got 90% of the door at 20 bucks. You, you make more money. Yeah. In one night, mm-hmm. twice, double. You double your money in one night. Done. Done. But, yeah, I, I, as I say, that's how hard it is to put butts in seats. Yeah. I've tried to do, I've tried to take some acts and try to get get them drawing power here. Right. You know, Bruce Ayers is the only one I know that ever did that with acts before they got famous, uh-huh. the Birmingham. He, yeah. he pulled it off there. Yeah. But it's a bigger market. Right. But I've never been able to pull it off. Well, you know? uh, it's yeah. I was with Larry the Cable Guy a couple weeks ago, and he told yeah. me that he goes by Larry because of you. Well, he he, uh, he goes by he. The thing the thing thing about Dan was was mm-hmm. that he he just he was in a situation where he didn't see he, he couldn't see the forest for the trees, which is yeah. real easy. He was doing he was doing Larry as a radio character mm-hmm. on the number one radio station in Tampa Bay. It was Ron Bennington who still. Kicking right. ass on air. I, I saw him up in New York just recently at the Comedy Cellar. Uh-huh. He said he just got back into doing stand-up. He's doing stand-up now. He yeah. was killer funny. Yeah. So anyway, he was doing that. Number one morning show in the area by far. And the, the and Ron 
and Ron and Ron, Ron Bennington and Diaz, the deal was, you're a comic, we want wild characters as phoners and in the studio. Mm -hmm. If you come up with one that catches on, you can't do it in your act. Because we want the people here in Tampa Bay. Was he Bay. working at the station with them, or was he a call-in? He was of? mostly a call-in, but and that's what. But then they would bring him in. Uh-huh. The, the deal was, you be Larry the Cable Guy as a regular phoner, but you can't do it in your show, because we don't want anybody in the area to know that these characters are not real characters. Right. Uh-huh. But then we will bring you into the studio as Dan Whitney, just as Dan, every so often, to promote you, who you really are, to try to drive you... You know what I mean? And that was yeah. kind of their deal. And then they uh, uh, they sold uh, Larry the Cable Guy for President t-shirts. I think it was during Clinton or something like that. And told him they'd give him half the money. They sold ten times more t-shirts than they thought they would ever sell. Mm-hmm. And they screwed him. They, they basically said, hey, you know, you know, we thought we'd sell a couple thousand t-shirts. We didn't know we'd sell 15,000 t-shirts. Right. And it's the power of... Our show that moved those shirts. Yeah. So I think they gave him twenty five hundred dollars yeah, or something like never that. Never the town. And wow. he was just livid, you know. He goes, yeah. oh, "Fuck you guys are millionaires. I need this fucking money." Right. You know. Yeah. So he was telling me this whole story on a, a Friday night night before the when I had the weekend room at the Holiday Inn Airport Marina, mm-hmm. doing two shows Friday, two shows Saturday, one show Sunday. And we're sitting there, and he's he's uh, oh I know what it was. I had actually put on his description. Heard on the Ron Ron show, Larry the Cable Guy. Because I didn't know that you weren't supposed uh, to do that. Nobody informed me. And Dan goes, nobody, none of the club owners have ever done that. And here's why. And he explained it to me. And he goes, so I said, well, what are you going to do now with that? He goes, fuck them. Fuck right. it. I'm done. I'm just back sure. to my act. Mm-hmm. I went, but Dan, man, you sold 15,000 shirts yeah. as Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah. I said, not as Dan Whitney. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm pretty sure I can. I, I know how many, but how many tickets we're selling for Dan Whitney. You know, right. zero, right. and you're great. You know what I mean? As Dan Whitney. Right. I said, why don't we try the Larry the Cable Guy thing this weekend? Just throw it in the middle of your act. Just throw it in the middle of your act. Just go into it, fuck around with it. Who gives a fuck? It's us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he did, and 75% of that audience nearly jumped out of their chair. You know, and mm-hmm. then the next, the late, the late show, he did his whole act as Larry the Cable Guy. And, mm-hmm. of course, again, kablooey. And then it was you know then you go bing then he saw that right. this is this really is and then he you know he worked very hard to mm-hmm. develop, develop that character up to I think he's up about eighty million Forbes says now maybe <laughs> <laughs> I think Forbes has him pegged it's about amazing 80. too mm-hmm. that it, he's one of those guys that like sustained yeah. it yes yeah. it always seemed like I got it and I get it like but I thought you know it's gonna it has its audience and then mm-hmm. it's gonna be like. The next generation is going to be like, well, I don't, I don't like that. Right. But he's been able to just, it just continues. He just, you know, know? well, and, and you know, hand it to Dan. Yeah. He, uh, he worked. It's no fluke. You right. know, he calculatedly works mm-hmm. very hard to develop those markets, build those numbers up, and then you know, and and then gives them, you know, stays stays in their head, stays on, stays on top. Where did of you? Them. Uh, where were you working? Omaha. Yeah, nice. he lives out there now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he lives there. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a home in Nebraska. Oh. I don't know if he still keeps his one in Florida. He used to have one over that's in where Stanford. I, yeah, that's the last yeah. I knew. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I know he's got. He's a big Nebraska wow. guy. He grew oh, up mm-hmm. there. Yeah. You know. Uh, that's interesting. But yeah, I mean, you know, that was that was mm-hmm. that was one of those things. You know, you just you, so many times 
all of us see things on the outside that the person can't see and it's right, right. in front of them. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? But they mm-hmm. just they can't look at it objectively, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a thing. Well, that's the other thing you were saying about uh, drawing people, too. If you do shows in a club over 10, 15 years and the shows are good, people, you would think through, even with Facebook, Twitter, you could bring back 300 people. You would just think. Like, you would think. It's, you can't. I mean, it doesn't happen. No, and you know? I mean, you know, I've got a half a dozen acts that come in here, and it's just the nature of their shows and how their shows close yeah. that get a standing ovation 60 percent of the time. Right. They don't sell tickets either. Right. And I mean, is it's that's it's it's the wildest thing. I mean, they might do a little better than normal, but right. no, nothing like, you know, because it's still that magic fucking box. Up well, there. I have uh, got to be in the TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like at the improv in Tampa, Bob went, you know, a year or two ago was like, let's do a, uh, I think he was closed on Wednesdays. Uh-huh. So he said, let's do a Wednesday night. He goes, I think you can actually, you could put in close to probably 200 people here. Yeah. On a Wednesday. Yeah. And I was like, great. And then we're going to do, you know, the door and all that. I maybe 70 people. Right. And that was, I was like happy with that because I thought, <laughs> how do, I don't even know how the 70 came, <laughs> you know. But he was like, ah, oh, I thought it would be. I go, and even though I've done all these shows there, and you promote it and all, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. To get them to actually come out of the house, get in the car, yes, pay, yes. go there, you know. They it's need to. Very, see, very they tough. need to see you. Yes. On the screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. though, how weird is it that in this day and time, we know all the all the inner workings of the television. We know broadcast how it works there's television shows that have been done about how it works you yeah. know? so it should have taken all that magic out of it right but it doesn't well yeah it's the normal no. the regular person who just, that's right it's like i was watching i was going through netflix the other night and i'm looking and i think well i'm in comedy i know the people i know who's out there i didn't know any I know. specials yeah yeah i'm I like who i don't know who these people are <laughs> i know i really didn't i mean i'm like what the hell's I'm going the on same here way, Al. i mean they I went to the Just for Laughs uh, this year. Yeah. I hadn't been up there and probably done it in a dozen years. Just to kind of get out of my little box. Sure. And see what, but it, it is. You get up there, and it's just like you don't know half of these Right. People. And those people, they all have specials, but they, are you going to sell any tickets here? Zero. That's, um, you know. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. They, you know. And then, but then, and, and I've been searching for this, for one of, then uh, last year, uh, I got an email from a, uh, a comic named Michael Q. And never heard of him? Never heard of him. I mean, never heard of him. And I kind of checked around, you know, comics, you know, like you, Al, you know, comics coming in. You ever heard of this guy? You ever heard of him? Everybody's like, have you heard of him? No. No. Everybody's like, no. Nah, mm, nah, Called a few of the agents. No. Nah, nope. Right. Nope. Nope. So then I said, I got... He'd sent me a few. Are you interested? I just want to do one night. I'll, I'll pack your place. I'll, I'm coming down to Florida anyway. I said, send me a list of all the clubs you've you've done this in successfully. Right. It was a who's who. Really? It was every great. Selling out a night. A night. And I was like, and a lot of improvs. So I called Renee Hart over at yeah. Palm Beach, and I go, you know Michael Q? She goes, oh, yeah. She goes, he'll pack your place. And she goes, we don't know how he does it. Is we he don't a know. YouTube guy? Yeah. It just is. the YouTube? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. YouTuber. It's all online. And he's a comic or is it? Okay. He's a comic. Came in. Uh, I don't think we completely sold out, but I think he did. I was serving that night. 80%. I had 56 people in my section, and I'm not supposed to have that many people in my section. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So he did great numbers. I've got him booked. And super nice guy. But, but he does and the it, one night. 
Yes. That's all. And it, well, he would do whatever supply and demand yeah. is. So with something like that, nice guy and a good good comic. Uh -huh. You know, he was yeah. he was solid. He did yeah. well. And uh, wow. uh, so he's the first one. Yeah. But a lot of times when I do something like that with him, you'll you go take them take let's do it Monday. Well, it doesn't matter. You take Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. If it sells mm -hmm. out with enough time, we'll add the other day. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. And uh, well, you know, I just in that wow. same light. And, and so he's the first one that has done that. Uh, and how, then how do we, do we not is it does he target the area yes that's crazy yeah, yeah he does and uh now i've got this guy called me that's got this show uh the 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 love and uh, uh what's it called love connection no yeah something like that yeah yeah it's it's a mock game show uh -huh. you know, love and marriage or something mm -hmm. like that but it's a mock game show and he goes Hey man, I live out in LA. Been coming for a while. He goes, I've come up with this game show comedy format. He goes, I've I've done it out here. I've done it in Asia. I've done it in Australia. And he goes, everywhere I'm doing it, it's just it's just going great. I know who this guy is. What's his name? Do you know? Is it Bro Howie? Howie? Yeah, somebody. I've I've seen it on. I've actually seen it online. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was like, Did you have him here? Well, he's coming up in October. Okay. And yeah. the thing about it was was that. You know, I mean, I'm a very open with him. I go, I don't know. I have no idea if you could sell one ticket in this market. But I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, I'll try it. Mm -hmm. But about 10 days before you get here, if you haven't got 100 tickets sold, we're going to rechat this and, it, you know, maybe we just right. call it. Uh -huh. But and he was like me too. He goes, I don't want to. Yeah, he want to do an I don't want to walk in your room for less than a hundred people. Right. And and so he goes, but I, I I feel pretty certain that that I'll get a good. You know, he's thinking he'll get at least two hundred in here or better. Have you sold any tickets? I don't think so. They just put it up okay. not long ago. I've seen the clip of the guy. It's the one I'm thinking of. And he's like in the crowd. He goes around the crowd, leaves the stage with the mic. It's big. You know, it's a couples night. Right. Kind right. of thing. And, and he gets local celebrities. To be up on stage, okay. and he sets that up. He didn't even ask me who are your who local are local celebrities. Nope. He goes, I'll find them. Who? He probably does his research. Yeah, um, who are they though? Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, like Jerry Springer maybe comes to mind. Local celebrities. Right. Jerry ain't coming up. Here. No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, we got Stephen King too. That'd be good. The, yeah, McCurdy's. that'd be hilarious. McCurdy's this yeah. week. Stephen King. Stephen Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer. Wow. <laughs> Few. Who else? Brian Johnson. They're all going to be on oh, stage. Yeah. Yeah, like six mothers. They're all on stage. It's like celebrity death match, Sarasota. <laughs> all, the wow. all the celebrities that have retired to Sarasota. <laughs> yeah. We have them all. Wow. Well, maybe that's, that's, the, that's the new game, though, is like the social media play where you, like Mike Q obviously did something right. He targeted the area, told everybody he was coming, and they, they were fans. Yeah. Like they weren't yeah. just like, oh, I heard it. Like they were fans. But he's got them all over. When you look yeah. at the list of clubs he's doing this, is they're all over the country. Yeah. You know, it's not just a pocket somewhere. Does he call you himself, or does he have an agent? He called me. Really? Himself. Yeah. And he handled and, tickets, uh, right? Yeah. He handled, like, the ticket sales. He, hand he told us, you'll do very few ticket sales through your website. Yeah. It was all it's, through him. The ticket sales are driven through me. He goes, I do a lot of two-for-ones and things like that and discounted tickets and things. He goes, but most of them are going to be bought at your box office window. Okay. You know? And so I'm trying it, not really knowing. And the goof was, oh, I remember, too, we went over his number. Oh, yeah. Because what, what happened was he can, was, tell, he can tell what's, kind of what he's going to do. 
So I said, we need to know how to staff this thing, you know. I, I mean, I, I'll overstaff. Yeah. So I think coming up to the gig, he told Bronwyn about 150. Yeah. He said, it looks like we're going to get about 100. He goes, I'll be happy with that. And I think we did over 200. I think we're. I just remember two, looking at 220, Marcella, the manager, like and she gave me this look like, they they just keep coming. <laughs> like, we don't know what's happening. Wow. And I was like, yeah. I, every time I look at my section, there's a, there's a new, new table in my Did section. Did he do any other clubs? In, yeah. In, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. He could. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's what he does. He tries to, right. you know, tries to set all the clubs in Florida right. for one or, or yeah. two nights, yeah. depending on what he can do and uh but i think you know to me i mean to try to work yourself into that thing as you get i mean i remember old school james gregory and jeff dunham uh-huh. that put the mailing list cards right. on the table yeah right. and then collected them every night stood right. over and talked to people and they just built databases okay. you know and yeah. they stayed in touch with them you know uh, uh you know as much as possible through the year um but then again now James did that well without television, but Jeff was on television from time. Right, you know, James was very uh, specific. That's region. right. That was it. He, you know, whatever exactly. the the Comedy Zone, I think, right, was his. Uh, yeah, they had a punchline punch in Atlanta. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but all that, you mm-hmm. know. And, uh, and I think now, over the past several years, James goes into uh, James goes into a small town. You know, he'll go out to Arcadia, and. And find that they've got a gymnasium or a moose lodge or something that'll hold four or five hundred people. Really? And then he'll he'll promote he'll set the date he'll promote himself he'll charge something like twenty five dollars uh-huh. you know and and uh, and he just does it all himself. It's enough. He's and there's nothing there's that. nothing to do out there. Right. And he'll pick a specific time when there's shit going on. Right. And and why not are everybody going to go to this? You know, yeah. He's got good credentials and da 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 da. And you know he just goes to the county seat of some. Yeah, but it's it's brilliant. I mean, wow. it works like yeah. a charm. Yeah, know? and uh, funniest man in America. Funniest man right? in America. Yeah, yeah. We, we he I brought him Based down. Based on nothing, just because <laughs> he said he was. Because he said he was. That was it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know the thing wow. was is that James, when we all got into comedy, we were just twenty somethings, you know, just on an adventure. James was older and he had already had a career. He knew how to market. He knew how to sell, and he just built it that way. And he was. He was in and around your time. Oh yeah. Uh, James played the club four times. He'd have at least two shows. All the shows would be great. And then he'd have two shows that people just stare at him. Uh, he goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Bye, Mike. All right. All right. We'll see you out there. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, he's gonna do like a loose hour. Yeah. <laughs> but uh. Yeah. Are we still continuing or what yeah. are we doing? Yeah, we'll just talk until it gets awkward in here, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> just keep it going. Have you, you've seen less on stage? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Hey, you were here once before, right? Yeah, I was here with uh, yeah. Andy Hendrickson last year. Oh, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. I like Andy. What'd you do today? Uh, I went back to Tampa. Yeah. And uh, hung out there a little bit and then just came back an hour ago. So. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Traffic all right? Nothing crazy? Traffic was okay? Uh, yeah, no problem. Really? No. Usually everybody bitches about the traffic trying no, to get no. here. No, no. Uh. No problem at all. It's crazy. You know, got lucky. And I'm going to stay over tonight because there's uh, radio early. Yeah. 
real early, right? Like seven. Uh, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> like, what really do we need? It's, it's a lot. Is that gonna move one ticket? <laughs> <laughs> you know. All right. We'll local radio. Yeah, mm-hmm. local radio. Exactly. We're yeah. we're slow this week, just in general, because yeah. uh, you know the hurricane. I think a lot of people spend money on that hurricane, and then nothing happened. Well, everybody, I got back last week or whatever it was, and it was it was like 10 days before the hurricane was even supposed to hit. Yeah. And there was water. Everything was gone. Yeah. They cleared stupid. it out, so it's like by the time it hits, all that shit's going to be gone anyway. Like, you're going right. to drink it. That's yeah. It. You're going <laughs> to use this gas that you're buying now. And mm-hmm. Dorian's a great salesman. Yeah. Well, I, I know. get it. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. But, and realistically, I, I don't know. I, I, was, I went through Irma. <clears throat> And the worst thing that happened was the power went out for two weeks at my place. What was that, last year? Two years ago. Two years? And it was like, I just remember being like, the reason why the power went out, or the reason why it took so long for me to get power back on is because FPL, the you know Florida Power and Light, has to wait in Georgia during the hurricane before they can flood back into the state. And the problem was they are coming back with everybody that flooded back into the state. So it took them like weeks to get to certain areas. Jeez. Just because of the people. It had nothing to do with anything else. Right. Just the people. So right. it was like... Yeah. People panic for no fucking reason. It, it was bad. Naples got hit hard, but like, yeah. I don't know. It's going to hit somewhere, obviously. But ev- once it hits, everywhere else is, can handle it, I think. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know. I've been here a while. I've never evacuated. Never. Or, Neither have I. I'm not. I don't know. And I, it could be the dumbest thing move ever. Maybe I'll get, you know, flattened <laughs> one time. I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it ever really, you know, other than a rainy day or a little, you know, wind. Okay? Yeah. And Sarasota's never been directly hit. Luckily enough, besides last, besides uh, for Irma, Irma got actually the wall actually kind of touched us a little bit. And it was the first time in a long. What was the one time. that took out like Port Charlotte? And oh. Wasn't that Punta Gorda? Oh yeah, that was a while back. Yeah, that was like back in '06, I think. 03. Yeah, it was that one. That that. But that was like five hurricanes. Did some damage. Yeah. That was like the year where they, they there was just hurricane after hurricane was coming for us, and yeah. everybody was like, "This is the end of the world," and it's over. We didn't evacuate. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Because Florida's going to be all right, I feel like. I feel like it's the other states that can't handle it. Like, you know? I remember the uh, the one that hit New York. Sandy? Sandy. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, like, the winds from that blew through and knocked out our power in Cincinnati. Like, fuck. Yeah. Are you and serious? So we were out of power for seven to ten days or Holy like shit. Yeah. yeah, it's because they don't have hurricane-proof yeah. glass up there yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And that was that was a category one, mm-hmm. but it was just the biggest category one right. in like history. Yeah, yeah. So it dissipated and like it just superstorm Sandy. Superstorm Sandy. Wasn't even hurricane. It was no, superstorm. It was superstorm Sandy. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. New Yorkers, they got they got to name, name it something CD. different. Superstorm Sandy. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's, <laughs> nice. Yeah, that was bad. Oh man, how's the uh, room look tonight? Did we look? I didn't see. Uh, definitely better than last night. Was it? Last okay. night was like sixty-one people. Oh. Yeah. And it, it felt like it. The bar looked packed when I walked in. Yeah, that's always good. Last night was a weird. Even I, I, I hosted the open mic after, and there was people there, but they were just like not into it at all. Mm-hmm. How many of those people? I saw the, how many of those people were comics uh, that were watching. Yeah, all of them. All of them, right? Like mm-hmm. maybe one comic brought like three or three or four of their friends. Right. But okay. yeah, all judgmental comics. Well, I'd say like, it's, a- <laughs> it's the worst. They're the worst audience members in the world, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. I think when I st- at least when I started, it wasn't like you know what I mean. You'd get an audience. Mm-hmm. People were interested at least. Where yeah, it wasn't just comics. You know, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And- we try to push that too, like where it's like you get to see local 
amateurs at the basic level. Right. And then I, I love it when you still see the amateurs that come in that like still treat it as a show. You know what I mean? They're out there like they're doing their their best material yeah, like week like after week, the same yeah. stuff. And you're like, man, you're really trying to get applause breaks to this open this mic. Little room, <laughs> yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> trying to be the hero of this open mic. You're not even working on anything. <laughs> like they treat it like it's like the NBA finals or something yeah. like that. We're no, just playing we're just playing court ball. It's you know open mic. Like? Yeah. That's what it's called. It's just yeah. open mic. I know. Yeah. Well at least you had people though. Like when I started you had to go on and, you know, two in the morning and there was yeah. a waitress and a you know, a drunk guy in the back. Yeah. You're like, I don't Five minutes and you walk up and I don't even, like, how is that judged? I don't know, I don't know what that was. Was that good? I don't the guy know. mopping in the back chuckled. Yeah, that, that's you know, I, don't, I don't know. That's what's insane really about comedy, the fact that you go back and do it again. Yeah. Like a normal person would be like, subject themselves fuck this, to I'm going home and yes. I'm going to college. Or, <laughs> you're not going, I want to go back and do that again. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, last night was I was hosting it and I didn't get any real laughs. And then as the comics were going up, I was like roasting them or, or like just just not, not I wouldn't I don't really consider it roasting, but I would address their set, especially yeah. if they bombed. Yeah. And I was getting laughs and I was getting like some pretty good laughs. But like the crowd was dead. And then I went to this Kava bar. I don't know if you know what that is. It's like Kratom and Kava. It's like a uh, it's like a substitute for like alcohol, I guess. Oh. So it's like a sober place. Really? But it's all like college kids. What year is this? Nineteen forty? Yeah, exactly. It's like a <laughs> soda bar. It's exactly. It's like Why a soda. Why do they bar. go there? Um, just it's a it's it's like a coffee shop. Imagine like a coffee shop that's open like really late. All right. It's it's definitely like marketed towards younger right. kids. Right. So I went in there. I'm like, there's people, you know, like the hippies with the with yeah. the braids and stuff. And I'm like, and I did the open mic there, and it's all music. Uh-huh. So I'm like. Those are rough. They're going to fucking hate me. Mm-hmm. And like, I was like, they're going to be judgmental. I'm like, this is going to suck. So I walk up and they're like, they, they forced me up on stage. Because I, I, I told them I was a comedian. I, I hang out there like every once in a while. And they've always wanted me to go up there and perform. I'm like, I'm not, I don't, you guys aren't my audience. Trust me. So the, the owner just like kind of was like, Mike, you're going up there. Like, come on. Here we go for Mike. He's a comedian. Uh-huh. And they said that. And I'm telling you, people were walking out of the fucking back of the <laughs> room. Mm-hmm. Like out of nowhere, they're coming like the children of the corn, just walking yeah. up. Like, is it a comedian? Wow, because they're so used to music acts. Right. So, like, this guy's gonna tell jokes. What? Yeah. They all came, fucking loved it. Yeah. I was doing autistic jokes. I was doing vegan jokes. <laughs> they loved That's it. Awesome. They weren't just like, oh wow. They were laughing their asses off, and it gave me a little bit of hope. I'm like, maybe. Right. I know PC culture is a little crazy, but like they yeah. were digging it. I don't know. I was pretty surprised by that. That's but. cool. It was yeah. it was a good feel. It was better than the fucking mic here. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. I got a better reaction. I had a better set. I should say. When but. did uh when did it become mics instead of open mic? Yeah. I don't care for that. I don't care for it either. Yeah. yeah. The mic. Everyone like you know. It's more got, in like New York. We got a mic. City, yeah. They got a mic on Tuesday. They got a yeah, mic on. Yeah, yeah. Like really, it's called open mic. It's <laughs> open mic. Yeah. You know just say I don't open. know when that happened. They <laughs> open dropped off. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. And yeah. the mic. It's the idea that it's not open anymore. Like they try, they're trying to book it now, Is but it, it's still. It's an open mic. Though. It's an open mic. Yeah. It should be sign up when you get there. I don't know. I don't. I don't like it. Yeah. It's weird. I don't hear a crowd in there. I gotta be honest. Less is just bombing. I hear less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not hearing anything. <laughs> it's always a rough one. Yeah. yeah. When I moved to Chicago, it was just all open mics of of just comics, and it was to the point I just stopped going because I'm like losing uh, faith in myself on yeah. stage, and I would go like work the road. Yeah. And do worse than I was doing before. Yeah, really? Well, yeah, because there's no, you can't tell anything. I mean, yeah, yeah. Those, that's when people say somebody's in the beginning, too. They go, uh, any stage time is good. No, it's not. 
No. Yeah. It can be bad. You can mm-hmm. have be at a horrible open mic. That's not good. Just walking up on the stage isn't good. Right, right. You know, right. they always go stage time. Got to get stage time. Yeah. In the right setting. Right. You know. Right setting. But just stage time. You know, in lieu of pay. Right. We're giving you stage time. <laughs> <laughs> really? Thank you so much for your stage, stage time. time. Yeah. <laughs> They always hang that over your head. Stage time. Yeah, you need it. You gotta have it. Yeah, yeah. you need that stage time. Yeah. <laughs> really? How much do you need? Yeah. yeah. After a while, you know, I know I got enough there. Then I yeah, take yeah. the mic out. <laughs> yeah, eventually. Yeah. Do I need this? I don't know. Well, it's like a comedy. If you're taking a com, did you take a class or anything? Yeah, the class here. Did you do it here? Yeah. 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 Have you ever taken a class? Or? I took uh, one. It was uh, the best class because they told you nothing about comedy. It was just like be nice to the wait staff. Yeah. Don't be an asshole. Oh, and it was all those things as opposed to how to do stand up itself. And that's yeah, yeah. That's a better you know. Yeah, this was like a workshop more than anything. Like they're not they're not trying to like teach you what humor is. They're I just mean like, the comic strip in New York I used to I would hang out in the back sometimes and I would watch and they're I mean they're going through like how to take the mic out of the stand <laughs> and what to do. I mean it's like wow, that's a class right now? That's you're gonna go over this and learn how to take the stand and move it to the left. You're paying for this. Yeah, the guy. Yeah, you're, you're paying a lot for this. Yeah. So the guy goes, yeah. It's a better move the mic stand to the left. It's a better. It looks better. It's aesthetically better. Like really. Fifty bucks. Come on. 50. These yeah. are about th- in New York, These are about three fifty a Monday. That's Every Monday. It's crazy. And they do twenty twenty five people. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. My friend was working with Stanhope one weekend, and they almost ran a class in Cincinnati where. They would just go on stage, count the money of everyone who paid, <coughs> and then, then say, don't take classes, and then walk out. Ah, <laughs> oh. That's good. That is pretty good. That's a nice little prank. Yeah. The funniest thing I ever saw or heard about was uh, was Gallagher was teaching a writing class, yeah. and he taught one here. And I don't know if the purpose was to just discourage people from ever trying stand-up comedy. <laughs> like, he's just trying to eliminate the competition. Maybe. like. Shitty people. There's too many comics anyway, Dude, so I, I kind of like that. He came out and was like, like, joke, right now. Give me a joke. Give me a joke. You don't got nothing? You're not going to make a kid. Get the fuck out of here. Joke. Give me a joke. He was like, he was just hammering these people. And like, people were like leaving like in tears almost. Like, mm-hmm. Gallagher just yelled at me for an hour and a half. <laughs> Good for him. And he, uh, yeah, he was very brutal. Like, he was just extremely brutal. I don't know. It was, it was pretty funny to watch, though. Was that here? Yeah. Really? Like, he was just in town doing yeah. a set anyway. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, I'm going to just Monday. I'm going to do this writing class. And I'm like, I'll do a I writing guess class. guess so. Mm-hmm. And the sound guy was the one that told me about it. He was sitting in the back of the room just, like, laughing his ass yeah. off. Wow. Watching these people, like, mm-hmm. freak the fuck out. You yeah. know what I mean? Who wants to get yelled at by Gallagher? <clears throat> yeah. Jesus. He's a very interesting person, mm-hmm. to say the least. But uh, mm. him and Artie Fletcher. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't – I've never met him. Really? But he will text me, I mean, uh, Facebook message me, like, all the time. Does he talk about all the great things that he's done in his how, career? Yeah, and how, whatever a club I'm at or doing, he, he writes to me, goes, mention my name and help get me in there. And I'm like, I don't even know you. Yeah. Dude. Like, <laughs> oh, how about hello? I don't yeah. even know who the hell you are. Mm-hmm. And then I will mention him to, yeah. like, a Les or somebody. And it's horrible. Yeah, they don't like him. Everybody hates him. They fucking so, hate him. <laughs> They do not like him. You know, it's almost like sport to make fun of Artie Fletcher. I don't. Again, I don't. And then I saw he was. Wasn't he with Gallagher? Yeah, he came Gallagher with. Yeah, that's right. And I don't know what 
I don't know if you'd call that comedy. It was, was him and Gallagher and somebody else. Like Gallagher is fine. Gallagher gets gets stand up. Where's Gallagher? Huh? I mean, he's been around for. He's Gallagher, sure he right? Can, he knows how to laughs. do stand up, but like Artie Fletcher was literally standing on the stage behind him, just like commenting on everything he was doing. But he's a break, then, he's, he's a comic. Artie I Fletcher? guess so. I don't he know was, what he or, does really. Yeah. I don't, he was, but but like the whole week he was here. He was just talking about his accolades, like yeah, like to to the to the bartender who like is twenty three years old who's never heard of Artie Fletcher, and he's like, oh, I've done this, I've done that, I've done this, right. I've done that, and he was complaining about everything. Uh, he just doesn't rub, rub people the right way, I don't think. I don't know. Well, that's it. I don't know the guy. <coughs> hey, hey, fucker, get me in that club. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, we'll do that. Let's, yeah. let's do that. Let me yeah. get right on that. Let me get right on. I that. was on Law and Order in 1991. Wow. Oh, okay. Cool. Play, dun dun. Cool. Played a dead guy on Law and Every actor and <laughs> everybody in New York has been on yeah, it's, Law and Order. Get the Big fuck deal. out of here. Yeah. I love people like that. Wow. I think it's just a delusional. Like, they're just a delusional Party. type of person. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Never heard anything good about him. No. And I feel like I should edit this part out, but I think I'm going to leave it in. Nah, leave just it in. Leave it in. Who cares? I'll just title it Artie Fletcher. <laughs> Tag him in it. Just yeah. Tag him in it, yeah. Hey, can you get me into that club? No. I don't think he's listening to a podcast. <laughs> no, he doesn't know what a podcast yeah, exactly. is. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's the crowd. I hear them. There we go. There. That gives a little now hope. Now we're moving. Yeah. yeah, I hate those people that are like, as soon as you mention a club, they interrupt your story to be like, oh, how do you get in that? And you're like, yeah, I put it on. Uh, I, I put it on Facebook last night, McCurdy's through Sunday. Mm-hmm. If you look, there's like at least five guys who are I know, and they're comics. They're friends of mine in a sense. I haven't seen them in a while, <laughs> and they're all asking me how to say hello to Les, get me in, help, help yeah, me. Get it's me like in. that's not the point. I was just saying I'm here. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying hey, you should get in here, and right. you know I'm gonna hook you up. Yeah, and if I said to Les any of these names, he wouldn't know who they are anyway. You gotta be highly recommended. You know, but he's not gonna know. And, no. And I get the club. If you can't, if I go, hey, uh, blah blah blah, wants to work the club. So. Cool. Can he sell any tickets? Yeah. No. No. Well then, no. I have enough. He's guys. funny. Oh, I'm sure he is. Yeah, I have enough guys. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, man. It's tough to get in here. I know uh, a lot of people. Like, I'll just be like doing like an open mic somewhere in like Orlando. And I'll, you know, oh, he's from McCurdy, or he work, he's from Sarasota, or was a, you know, regular McCurdy's. And then these people come to me and they're like, yo, you got to get me in there. I'm like, dude, I can't even get a fucking serving, like, shift there sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, I wish I could help you, but I really can't. Like, I don't, I don't know what power they think I have. Right. Like, yeah, Jesus. Everybody why now. It's pretty funny. I mean, Steve White, I don't know if you guys know Steve White is. Sure. He's fucking incredible. Yeah. Like, uh, he 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 got a guest spot here, like he came in on a guest spot and just buried the headliner because he's so fucking funny. Right. But I'm like, I, I didn't even know who he was. He comes on the podcast. And he immediately brings the energy. He must have been what, fucking was he just hilarious. In the, in he lives area? here now. He lives here now. So he's like, really? Yeah, he moved here. Oh. And, and I was just like, this guy's ridiculous. And I looked him up. I'm like, what the fuck? He's just six. Like he's been in six Spike Lee movies yeah. and shit. Like he's mm-hmm. he's been coming to America. Yeah. Like yeah. he's. A good friend of Eddie Murphy I'm like who the fuck is this guy and he's and like he has a hard time getting booked as a headliner you know yeah, what I mean he's living here yeah that's what he says yeah. wow I didn't know that <clears throat> yeah he said he just moved here So I did a cruise with him not long ago yeah and he's yeah he's great he's great like like the Michael Mack was you know the guitar comic yeah was like 
Oh, it's some guy, Steve White's coming in. He's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, sure, whatever. Because, like, the, the night before, this guy, Stephen Henry, come in. Mm-hmm. And that's just a local comic. He's only been doing it for, like, a year and a half. Yeah. You know, whatever. It's not so really he goes, fair to He goes, Steve White, whatever. And then yeah. he looks and watches him walk in. He's like, uh, you were on TV when I was an open micer. Like, <laughs> yeah. why the fuck are you opening for me? You know what I mean? Like, it was it was pretty funny. So he had never worked here? He just used No. Uh, so, Steve okay. White, yeah. He came in the first time months months ago yeah. and he destroyed like right. like to the point where like the audience was like 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 didn't want to didn't want to watch the other show like they were just like right. bring that guy back out he, was, yeah. he only did 12 minutes yeah. you know what i mean well, that's a tease yeah and uh, he didn't even like do material mm-hmm. like it just seemed like he was fucking around yeah started but grabbing it, stuff off the stage yeah. like pretending to steal it and stuff as he's getting yeah. like, brought da- brought off the stage is it's ridiculous but uh, yeah that's what i'm saying like, like somebody like that right his heart, like he got a guest spot here, <laughs> like, yeah. and you're like, you've been doing it for two years. And you think I'm gonna be able to get you a feature? Uh, what's in Michael Mack's face? Oh, it was, while Steve was, up. it was, uh, he was nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no shit. And he's like, I don't get really get nervous that much, and I'm like, yeah. my favorite part, I was Who like, needs that. I was know? talking to him on the podcast about him. I'm like, well, you got a great closer, and he's like, yeah, but that's at the end of the fucking show. Right. <laughs> he goes, I got to do 45 minutes, and then I do my closer. I'm like, why don't you just there. over with your closer? Just, <laughs> just. Yeah. Just win them over and then do your dick jokes. You know what I mean? But what is it? Like, oh, it's that. It's either what, Faces of Rock. I don't know. Oh, the, the head, the, the puppets. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, puppet yeah, stuff. Yeah. Which is impressive that he does, but. Right. The thing, the thing that does kind of suck about it, he can't do that. Like, he can never. That'll always be a club act because like, oh, of, yeah. of the music. You'll you never can't, get the rights. Mm-hmm. can't get the rights to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, like, you, you pigeonhole yourself for oh. sure with him. Mm-hmm. But, well, uh, any guitar act really yeah. is stuck in that kind of thing unless you have fully original like Pat we were talking about yeah Pat he writes original songs yeah he does mm-hmm. he, but he still has to put in those 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 uh, crowd favorites just yeah. to keep him interested mm-hmm. you know but yeah exactly Pat's a funny guy too yeah great so people, people get on guitar comics like oh hacks they're all hacks they're all fucking hacks well there's mm-hmm. a bunch oh. that are there's a bunch <laughs> that are yeah and then there's guys like Pat who are good yeah, yeah. Pat. You know. Who I just think has a good. He's a. He's a. He, he could. I. I could see him just doing stand up. Right. Like he's got the stand up personality. Right. He's yeah, not he was a musician a first, yeah. and then right. became a comic. Right. But he's. You know. He's a comic at heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got that personality. Yeah. yeah he's like very funny. Henry yeah. Phillips. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yep. I just work with this guy, J. Chris Newberg. Oh no. He's really a good guitar comic, but he's like a great joke writer. Right. And. He was out. Who I was with with uh, Larry the Cable Guy. He, uh, oh wow! He had a guitar comic show up. Before? Yeah, we're, we wow. went to the Omaha Funny Bone and we show up and he's like, "Do you hear Larry's coming tomorrow?" <laughs> and I was like, "I don't know. I know he lives around here." And then at the end of the night, the manager was like, "Oh, Larry's gonna come in. He's working on his new hour, so he's gonna headline the first show and then feature the second show." Features. And the guy's like, "I don't want to have to follow Larry the Cable Guy," That's so we talked Larry into featuring or headlining both shows. Yeah, that would be a pain in the ass. Did the crowd mm-hmm. know Larry was coming? Probably not. Somewhat, yeah, yeah. Did I mean, they? it was sold out okay. in the middle of summer, so I assume they knew. Right. Yeah, that'd be a nightmare. Yeah. The funniest part was with Michael Mack with the Steve White thing is that he had to go out and do the interview after. I don't know if they told you about that. No. Doing that after off the clock interview that no. they do. Okay, well, be prepared for that. What is that? <laughs> Les was supposed to tell you. Um, after the show, you got he brings you off stage. You take some time to get to get ready, and then he brings you back on stage for like a little interview, 
in front of the audience live. What? <laughs> Tonight? Yeah. That's not my department. How much That's... fucking interviews do we have to do? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. And then there's one after. After the no, show? Just yeah. yeah, it's after the show. It's after the show. Jesus, are we really? getting the FBI? Yes. Did, oh, my God. It's like a, it's when was a, he going to say something It's an interview, this. but I thought he told you guys about no. it already. No, Maybe he's not doing it this time. Both of us? He's definitely doing it. We yeah. just talked about it. Oh. Yeah, but he brings you both. It's funny. It's only for like 10 minutes. but mm-hmm. I've know. never seen Lester do anything for 10 minutes. He basically, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's more like 30 minutes. But it's, <laughs> it's, oh my God. <laughs> so the show's over, we go back? Yeah. No. They live stream it on YouTube and stuff. and oh. it's, it's, it's funny. It usually goes pretty well, so... Like the crowd actually will stick around and watch you, and it's it's pretty. The funny. crowd gets up and leaves. <laughs> that's that only happened one time, and that, oh, was, that was awkward. But yeah, does he tell the crowd before yeah. he, they know? Yeah, he All should right. be. <laughs> Seems like a lot, you know. Yeah. yeah, it's part of our new marketing, oh. social media campaign that we're okay. doing. Okay, so but it, it's fun, like. I don't know. You keep saying that. It went good. <laughs> well, it didn't go so the less we yeah, got it. I'm like, it's fun. It. I'm really trying to sell you guys. Doesn't, on sound, this. doesn't sound like fun. I gotta be honest. <laughs> but uh, Michael Mack did it. But he's like nightmare scenario. He goes out and bombs and bombs after uh, Steve White. And then he has to go out and do the interview. <laughs> it's horrible. Like, yeah, he's like them. It didn't, it, he didn't bomb, but he did. He yeah, did put on a good show. But he's like, "What if that happens?" And I was like, "I don't know. I don't know what to tell wow. you." <laughs> did Steve do the interview? Uh, no, he left. Not? Oh, he left. He left. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that that and that, that kind of sucks because yeah. I thought he would have been great for it. Right. So I don't know. Well, I'm leaving when I'm done. <laughs> Enjoy the interview. <laughs> oh my so, god. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of stuff going. On. Wow. We Anything else a, we need to know before? Yeah, we have a book club that we want you to do. So, did you read your book? Jesus. <laughs> uh, <geez. laughs> Last time I tried to do that radio, then that TV show where these people, you know, the, like the a view. bunch of yeah, <laughs> bunch of Sarasota housewives, and they're yeah. reading my tweets to me. I'm like, what? A, what is this? this and they're a, right here. So you're like, you're surrounded by these these women. <laughs> And uh, they're reading tweets back at me. I'm like, I don't even remember writing that. And they go, why would you write that? That's kind of mean. I'm Are like, you serious? they're tweets. They're supposed to be mean. What's wrong with you? I just uh, I wrote just a mean tweet. Me? <laughs> oh. When I was on that TV show last time, The View, whatever. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. Uh, the, the ladies are all like, they're right here. <laughs> yes. And then they were reading my tweets to me. That was like the segment, I guess. But I was like traveling, and I'm like writing all these shitty tweets about <laughs> airlines and how I hate it and travel sucks, and and these women are because like, they're all trying to be you know sunny and fun, and they're like these are mean, like why would you write this? And, and I'm like, I didn't bring up the segment. Was my idea? Who asked you to read my goddamn tweets? Yeah, if you'd have run this Bobby before, yeah. I'd tell you leave the tweets alone. Right. Don't don't be looking at my tweets. Um, I just uh, I just clued them in about the the. Interview after. Oh, okay. The show. Okay. Um, did, have you done that before no. with me? Oh, you have. <laughs> no. uh, I, I could have sworn you. I did about. I've done about fifty of them back at the old club, and uh, no, I never. It did. was right after the right when we end. Literally, we've got some bar stools up there. We just pull them forward, and the my questions are the same, and it's based, it's based on they see you as an entertainer. What are you? What do you? Who are you? And the thing is, because for years, and I get it from patrons all the time, you know, they talk to me about comedy and stuff because they feel like I'm their buddy, and I am. 
they think so many of them Al think that we're shot out of the womb this way that there's some genetic predisposition uh, that makes us funny they're like I could never do that I wasn't born that right. way you know and yeah. what we all know is is that especially since the comedy boom of the 80s on through comics come from every part of the country every kind right. of background you yeah. can possibly come up with and when it comes down to brass tacks when people go oh he's so funny he must have just been born that way no he worked well, at there is, it. Yeah, no one, I know nobody wants to ever credit uh, a lot of work. A lot of work. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. a lot of work it's to get to work. be a headliner. Yeah, it's a lot of work. A lot of work. But yeah, people seem to skip that. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're just talking. We're just, yeah. well, we're just yeah. chatting. You just do that. Yeah, that's <laughs> easy. Born that way and then you get gigs. Yeah, and, that's it. And that's it. That's it. It's pretty well, good. Or they, <laughs> to the races. Or they just yeah. expect you to be funny all the time. Like... Off well, I always feel uh, right. Yeah. Well, I always get them. You do too. Oh, yeah. What do you do for a living? Well, I you never, know? never say comedian. Uh-uh. And uh, and then when I do on the ship, sometimes if I'm having a cigar, the guys will come over and they go, "Hey, we saw your show. Blah blah blah. Good." But then I always feel like I'm just disappointing them. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm literally just smoking my cigar. Of course. Of and course. looking at my phone. Of course. That's all I'm doing. Well, you know, and what? they're kind of like, "Hey, like, be yeah. fun. We thought you were gonna be funny. Yeah. yeah. It's like with Pam." Really? Pam, my, my wife, Pam, right? She gets, she'll get invited to a party, and it'll be like, "Do you think Les will come?" And she goes, "Now, why you ask me that question is this: You think if Les comes to your party, that he's going to be the life of the party? Right? He's going to be joking around, cutting yeah. up." She goes, "Let me tell you what Les is going to do at your party. He's going to find a beer and a corner. Yeah. And if there's a ball game on or any sporting event, he'll be mm. watching that. And if you want to talk to Les." He will talk to you about sports or golf or maybe politics yeah, or something anything, esoteric right. just for the bullshit. But he ain't going to be funny. I mean, right. Not that you totally aren't going to be funny. Right, no, yeah, But he's course. not going to be trying to entertain anybody. Oh, yeah. That's the key, right? Yeah. Trying to entertain Well, someone. because we got we get that shit out of our system. Yeah. Right? Right. We and don't have to no, do that. No. <laughs> we yeah. don't want to. It's a job. And yes. you do it. And then when you're done, you know, it's like, I mean, it's like when I used to travel in the car with another comic. The most annoying oh. son of a bitch in the world is oh, yeah. the comic he's on. Right. Yeah. He's in a passenger seat reading every billboard, cop making jokes, and oh. you just want to go, just, you have, can you just shut up? Yeah. You right. can be quiet. Can't we just be quiet? Right. Stop trying not to everything's, prove. it's not a bit. That's right. not a bit. No. Oh, what if I do this with that? It's not a bit. Write it down. Yeah, write it down. Write Try it, it down. Tonight. Get up, pen and paper. Try it tonight. Start writing. But not shit. on me. No. Not on me. Uh uh-uh. uh. I just uh-uh. want to drive. Yeah, that the comics that can't come off stage are oh, that's that's a rough one to hang out with. Yeah. But that's what it doesn't it come down to that too over the course of uh, years of booking a club. Yes. When you go, well, this guy's funny and that guy's funny and that guy's funny and that guy's funny, but you know what? That guy's a pain in the ass to be around. So well. it, I mean, everyone's you know generally if, at some point you're pretty good. Oh yeah. But it also becomes a thing of do I want this guy? In my club for sure, five nights. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, and that's part of it. And and of course, where it comes down to me, or I've actually had some comics over the years where I was going to bring them back, but literally my entire staff right. went, please, please. That's <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. You know, because yeah. they just they're just just a pain in their ass the whole right. time they're here. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Now, and the thing about it is, if and you're going to be a pain in the ass, sell tickets. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's like the old, remember the old Rodney story when Rodney's at uh, Vegas and uh, Rodney Dangerfield's in Vegas. He sells out, you know, the MGM 
and after the show, he's at the bar and he lights up a joint. Yeah, yeah. And then somebody comes up to the guy, hey, Rodney, uh, you know, you can't smoke pot at the bar in Vegas. And he said, when you can sell out that room, you can fuck the chairman's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, yeah. basically. It's true. Right. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Somewhat. Yeah. yeah. No one's going to say a goddamn word about my joint. No. Go no. away. No. The yeah. owners of the casino ain't calling the cops. Right. No. Right. On Rodney. Yeah. No. They yeah. will on you. On me? Yeah, I can. <laughs> yeah. I can't smoke a joint in Vegas, but uh, but he could. It'd be like, if you if he was Rodney was smoking a joint at the bar, and you thought, well, what the fuck? Right. And then you lit up a joint at the bar, and then the police come, or security comes, and grabs you, mm-hmm. and you go, but he's smoking a joint, and they go, but he's Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, we know who he is. That's <laughs> yeah. the difference. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know your name. The we cops know his are, name. Yeah. The cops are taking pictures with him. And yeah. Shit. yeah. Shit's not fair. It's a different thing. <laughs> shit ain't fair. There was, uh, you remember... Uh, what was his name? The old guy from the Friars Club in New York. He was like the Penny Youngman. No, uh, the he was the like the head of the Friars Club. Oh, he's still around. He's Jackie uh, Freddie Roman. Oh, yes, Freddie Roman. Yes, uh, I was working with him years ago, and he was telling me how he used to open for Telly Savalas, uh, Kojak. Oh, and Telly sang, right? He sang. He did a show. He yeah. He did Kojak, where he played New York Cop. If you would ever saw him, okay. but, yeah. but then it was in those days. If you were popular on TV. You just had it. You made a nightclub act, right? Because you could sell tickets, right? So Freddie would open for him, uh, doing twenty-five minutes stand-up, and they were in like you know Miami Beach, and it was the last night, and all the wives are there. But on the last night, Sunday night, Telly tells Freddie, "Tell your wife she's staying at the hotel. We're going out. All the guys going out tonight." So they go, "Okay, great." You know, so they all go in the, and Rodney goes, "And I'm driving," and he gets behind the limo. They're going to a strip club. And Rodney's half in the bag. And he's Rodney st- or Freddie? Rodney. Oh, he's with him, too. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Telly. T- Telly's Tell driving. <laughs> Telly's driving. Okay, Not Rodney. Telly. <laughs> so Telly Smiles is driving. And uh, he's drunk. And he's kind of high. And anyway, they're doing about 95 down, you know, 95. <laughs> and cops pull him over. And Freddie goes, we're in the limo. All the guys. And the cops walk up. And it's fucking Kojak <laughs> driving the car. So they were just like, holy shit, Kojak. <laughs> and nobody has a phone, you know, camera. Or anything. So they're like, where are you going? And Freddie goes, meanwhile, he's like this on the right. He's just swerving all over. Couldn't be drunker. And they go, where are you going? And he goes, we're going to the strip club and blah, blah. And they go, oh, fantastic. Follow us. And they just, the cops gave him a, you know, let. And then the, all the cops were in with him, hanging out all night. Exactly. You know, but that's when you're known. That's, that's when, right. You know, yeah, you can do that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's not fair. Well, per se. Yeah, but I think if, if any of us get the Telly Savalas fame, right, we're milking well, it. Well, it's like anything, any level of comedy. I, you know, you could be the headliner, and then the the middle actor, the MC after a show. And if you're sitting at the bar somewhere on the road, odds are the the single girl in the club who's looking to go home with somebody is going to talk to the headliner. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. just the way. It, so it's not fair. No, but that's the way it is most of the time. Yeah, right. Because you, you know. got more money, a little more power. That's exactly. You know, you did forty-five right. instead of thirty. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, that's the way it goes. Uh, and every comic knows if you don't get laid by somebody out of the crowd in the show, what are your chances of getting laid just out in the general population? Zero. It is <laughs> zero. It is. Way down. Yeah. That microphone is everything. Yeah. And you got a short you got about a half hour window too. You gotta yeah. 
because once they <laughs> leave, the waitresses, it's not happening. No. And then once you walk that door, you're just Joe Another Blow again. Guy. So you got a quick 30 minute ish window. Right. Right. After the show, you got to cut some. You got to identify yeah. and cut them things hard fast. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's when you see guys on stage where they work it and they have like this girl and that girl, and they make sure yeah. that they they know after the show she'll go. I'm going to meet her. I'm going to talk her up. And, right, you know. right, yeah, absolutely, yeah. We don't get rock. We don't get like the rock star, the musicians. But you know what? Musicians probably get laid more. But they don't make as much money. Well, they don't make anything. They don't make no, no. no. You're exactly right. Nothing. That whole thing is split. Yes. So even if it's, they make it, say the night was $150, there's four guys. Oh, I know. And they got to set it up. Then the girl can wait an hour and a half because they got to take all that shit down. Oh, I know. You know, so. Oh, yeah. So they always, musicians always used to like just be like, they couldn't stand comedians because you just walk in, it's already set up, you do your thing. You get paid and then you leave. And you don't have to take anything down. Nothing, you know. Yeah. And you did, and you only had to do one show, oh, and yeah. they have to do three. Three sets. Yeah, <laughs> they're all night. And and when we, I don't know about you, Al, but when I look at them, when they're and they're good, they're like yeah. a good band, and you go, those fuckers are way more talented than I am. Oh, yeah. You know, as yeah. far as what they had to do right. to learn what they've learned sure. to be on a stage. Yeah. You know, well, it's like you can go to any bar and watch a band, and they're great. And you go, well, what would they? And you talk to them. They're all, they have day jobs. Oh, they yeah, have yeah. Whatever. And they, they've been doing this for, you know, well, still you know, 50 it, bucks. You know, it's, isn't it wild that, and, and you can do this with an orchestra too. Whole orchestra. Every, every instrument. Uh, you know, but a singer, a singer coming to the front. Right. Will over, they will be, they will overpower. The orchestra, the human voice, yeah. is more powerful than almost than any instrument. I think it is. Wait, you know, something a lot about of these music, like on a, it always, uh, it's annoying. Like say on a cruise, I'll do, you know, you have to do like maybe a thirty-minute clean show, right? Then a fifty-minute adult show, and then they might ask for another twenty minutes later on. You know, so that's a lot of material, right? Whereas they'll have, they'll book a singer to come in. And she'll do fifty minute show, and that's it. And all she's doing is covers. Right. She could be doing multiple nights. Right. All she has to learn is another song. Right. But they treat them like, well, that's you know, she has fifty minutes. Right. Fifty minutes of, of covers. Right. Whereas the comedian, we can't. They walk think in. you should have two hours or more. Right. And we can't walk in and go and go. Oh, have, you, have you seen Al Romas? Oh man. First ten minutes, he does prior like you've never seen right. before. Exactly. Yeah, then he does flows the into some Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah. then he throws in some Jackie Mason just for old school. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, then, I know. and then he's back to Angel Salazar. <laughs> oh, has anybody really? ever tried My that? Diaper? <laughs> I don't know. Has anybody ever tried that? Like, like a cover comedian? I think it was done. Well, um, and, but you get you can't do their material. No. You can do their persona. Impressions. Impre impressions. Yeah, right. but yeah. you have to have your own material. Yeah, Isn't there a guy a lot, out there's there? There's a bunch of guys doing Dangerfield. Isn't He's, there a guy out there not doing Robin Williams? Yes, there is. And as a matter of fact, one of my local comics, who just Scott Novotny, uh, who was a headliner out of Minneapolis, that part of the country, he just recently moved down here. And, uh, and he just worked with that guy. Okay. And he showed me a picture of him. He's a dead ringer. Yeah. For, for, and he goes, it, it, Scott was like, he was like, he was good. I yeah. mean, yeah. He goes, he's... It ain't Robin Williams. You well, know, you really can, 
you know, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know it's an imitation. Well, but. he did, I know, I can't think of the guy's name. He was a comic Obviously. impressionist. Yes. So that was like a, you know, he's a good impressionist. Right. But I saw he's doing the, like an hour of Robin Williams. Uh, I don't know. That seems a lot to, yeah, to I, ask of anyone. Yeah, he's, you know. well, they worked, uh, uh, they worked a senior community. Yeah. Now, senior community, 55 and up, right. you know, it's not like they're ancient or anything. Right. Right. But, you know, with, you know, and Scott got up there and did about 20, 25 minutes, and yeah. he's always going to rock them. And I think what, what I caught from him was that he goes, he, I think he did an hour, and he goes, you know, really? 40 minutes. Well, it's, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Would be, yes. would be plenty. I mean, yes. you got it. As yes. far as that goes. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, you can, Mike. You can. But it's. But you have to be doing an impression. It's rare. Yeah, I just always wondered, like, that was. I saw, I was doing the open mic one night, and this guy came in, and he was doing Rodney. Uh-huh. He was just doing, like, yeah. he was right. doing his jokes and everything. Ah, I tell you. He was doing the yeah. same fucking thing, and I was like, he was, he's getting, he's killing like people well, were dying laughing and I'm like it, I was like man it doesn't count. it's disrespectful it but doesn't I mean count. could could a guy like that make a living yeah he could yeah in the he right could, in the right situation and yeah. that, you know, he could make yeah. a living I mean he's not really going he's an impressionist he's not a comedian right. a tribute act. yes right exactly right a you know, tribute like act, a, yeah. that's a big thing now in the ships yeah. too oh yeah the tribute bands yeah because they've gotten younger the cruisers so now you're getting the, you know whether it's Bon Jovi tribute or they have a tribute to everybody now, right? Nirvana. You know, yeah. yeah. And that, but that's the same thing. Like that, they get the same money I do, mm-hmm. but they have five guys, six guys. Right. Yeah, it's not and a sound it. guy. Ugh. That's still divided by six Ugh. or seven. You know, you can't. You know, and then they got to do. They're not because the ship. They're the thing with the ship is those cabins. They you know. Yeah. So they're giving them. So where I have like a, a nice passenger cabin, they'll put two band guys in. A crew cabin with bunks. Yes. Yeah. So you have grown men. Uh-huh. You know now. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it's a tough oh, gig, man. It is tough. It's tough. I mean, I, tough. I just look. I, I so often I look at musicians that are great. Yeah. Yet somewhere, and They're I go, talented, yeah. and I go, God, they get such a shit into this. They stick. really do. You know. Yeah. Um, I gotta grab a beer before we. Yeah. Yeah. Get yeah. on there. Go right ahead. All right. Absolutely. All right. I gotta go pee. Is he close or? Uh, we'll walk out and see, dude. Okay. Yeah, I got that camera. We'll just wrap it up, I guess, right? Okay. Okay, cool. I'll pause it then. We're back. Back. Back on the block. Al Roma's on stage. Rye sense of humor. (laughs) He's like rye. It's rye sense of humor. He is funny. He is. He's just funny to talk to sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's cracking me up about the interview. <laughs> How many fucking interviews we got to do around here? <laughs> I know. It was funny. I don't even know if we're doing radio tomorrow. I assume we are. I don't. Oh, you know, usually we don't with Al because yeah. he doesn't stay here. Yeah. He, so he would have to drive up. He'd either have to spend the night, which sometimes he has. Well, he said he was planning on it. What's that? He said he was planning on it. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay, then they, then they probably is. Then we do have radio tomorrow. That's funny. Yeah. Y'all should do a podcast on the way to radio just to fuck with them. <laughs> <laughs> Tape recorder. We're recording you. We've got the, we've got the condo wire. <laughs> Every, it's like Big Brother goes funny. Yeah, exactly. Big uh, comedy brother. Uh, knock on the door when he's in the bathroom. We have the shower cast. <laughs> just nonstop. That's funny. Oh, man. 
That'd be a funny sketch almost. Just like it never stops. Just all, everything has to be recorded. Yep. Jesus wow. fucking Christ. So once again, when when he finishes, just come on up on stage. Okay. We, there's a couple of bar stools over. We'll just pull them up. We'll just go right into it. Say so I'll... We'll chit chat between the three of us for about ten minutes, just some basic who, what, where, when, mm-hmm. and then we'll let the audience. So, it just depends. Sometimes I'm amazed. Sometimes you get an audience and might get two questions out of them, and that's it. Yeah. And sometimes you get them that just like couldn't be more chatty. And last you know. week they you had a few like a, a lot of people were actually actually asking questions and stuff. I yeah. felt like. Well, I know the last one I did with April and uh, Macy and uh, uh, Paul Farvar. Oh really man, good. they. We had to, we had to cut it off. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was fun. People were really into it. What's that? Who was April with? Uh, guy named Paul Farvar. Oh, from Chicago. From Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. He's, yeah. he's got family down here, so uh-huh. that's neat that he comes down every so often. And yeah, yeah he's he's really good. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Great. My masseuse. Yeah. Nanny Brown. Yeah. <laughs> she was she was like she was, man I'm. She goes, I am so in love with my boyfriend, but boy, that Paul Farvar is a good-looking fella. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and she wasn't the only one. I had about a half a dozen women come up to him. Who's that? Is he single? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. If he could only headline, I'd go out with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he can. The Persian Prince, man. The Persian Prince. Yeah, that's a good name, isn't it? Yeah. The Persian Prince. Yeah. He should, he should open with that. Man. I love that. <laughs> April's so nice, but her her laugh sounds like she's... It's, it sounds so disingenuous. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. it sounds like a, she's just making fun of you. Like how bad you're <laughs> like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> she was fun she to do the so podcast sweet. with. She was very fun. Yeah, yeah. she always is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's, I don't know how she bounces her new. I guess she does all right. I mean, her uh, husband's in Italy. You know. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So they live over in Florence, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so that's a hell of a commute, man. <laughs> yeah. She was talking about doing stand-up in Estonia or something like that. Yeah. Like, wow. Well, you know, there's English-speaking clubs Yeah. all over Europe. Oh, yeah. That's what and, I heard. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah several comics have got in that little loop. Yeah, they really like it over there, too, apparently. Oh, yeah. What's not to like? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Places are great. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I, I, mean, some... I might feel different if I had to make a living over there, but, right. you know. <laughs> I met some lady on the elevator in the parking garage going down. And she's like, oh, you work at McCurdy's? And I was like, yeah, yeah, because I was wearing the shirt. And she's like, oh, cool. I hate comedy. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah, I think it uh, it just, uh, what, is it? what was her? It just makes fun of people and stuff like that. She's like completely in. I was just like blown away. I'm like, I'm like, so you don't like to laugh? And she's like, no, I didn't say that. I'm like, well, that's. Okay, well, explain to me what you mean by that. And she was like, I just don't think comedy is funny. And I was like, it just was so, it was like. What do you laugh at? I was like, yeah, so I was trying to get up. What do you like, laugh at? Like, what do you. What do you find funny? Yeah, what do you find funny? I, th- I think she was trying to get stand-up funny. And I'm like, okay, I get that, I guess. But yeah. I'm like, no comedy movie. She's like, no, don't, don't, don't think it's worth it. It's like somebody saying they don't like music. I know. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. Yeah. Was, I'm glad I'm not you. Yeah, I was. Yeah. That's how I felt about it. I was well, like, you know, you maybe heard me do the bit before. Yeah. About in true story, I'm playing golf one day. Yeah. And and I'm sitting on the tee box by myself, and I can't hit yet because the force I'm out in front is still out there where I could hit them. There's a lady working in her backyard, and she's she's dressed in a way that you go, that's not a, that's not a landscaper that she's hired. That that's the lady that owns the damn house, and it was. Yeah. 
So we're in such close proximity, we start chatting a little bit. It's bullshit, nice day kind of stuff, beautiful yard, whatever. And she goes, and then she stops about halfway in. She's like, you look, you look familiar. And I go, yeah, I said, uh, I own the comedy club yeah. here in town. She goes, that wouldn't be it. <laughs> and it's the same kind of conversation. Uh, yeah. I'm like, I said, uh, you never been to a comedy club? She goes, nope, don't intend to either. Yeah. And I said, why? And she said, it's nothing but profanity. It's just base level yeah. profanity. There's nothing creative. There's nothing clever about it. You know, it's just lowest common denominator. And I go, so you don't, you don't have fun every now and then hearing a little bit of adult language? She goes, I do not. Yeah, you bought a house in front of a tee box on a golf course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You shitting me? Yeah. You hear the most creative cursing yeah. on all of earth yeah. all day, all, all day. day long. All day. Sound like golfer's Tourette syndrome in yeah. your backyard. Uh huh. Yeah, golfer's. But that was true. That all went down, and she, I said, that's fucking stupid. It's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of. Uh, I think it's Verbiglia has has a joke about doing a celebrity golf outing mm -hmm. and he shows up with this group and they're all like I wonder who our celebrity is and he's slowly realizing that he's the celebrity <laughs> <laughs> and they're all disappointed he has to like explain to them how he's who he is yeah. Yeah. why he's the celebrity yeah. I do uh, stand up yeah. yeah one of the funniest ones I was uh, let me let me get my name straight let's see oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, Archie Griffin two-time Heisman Trophy winner. Right. Does a big fundraiser here that's golf for boys and girls clubs. They raise a ton of money. He's a great guy. And so everybody at this fundraiser almost is for Ohio State. They're all Ohio State people. Mm -hmm. And in the audience, there was, I think it's Trey Smith, Eddie George. Wow. Of course, Archie. And then uh, Jameis had Winston? come too. Oh, wow. So you had four Heisman Trophy winners sitting in this room. And so they asked me, kind of host it, and they said, they said at, at a point, we want you to auction off each one of the players to a foursome. They can bid on them, you know, to see. So I did Trey first. He was the youngest, and I think $1,500 or something like that. Yeah. So then next I went to Eddie George. And Eddie George, I mean, Eddie George is a performer, man. I mean, he, he's performed on Broadway. Right. Yeah, he's a he's a sl slick dresser, good looking. Mm -hmm. You know, he he's kind of cock of the walk when he yeah. comes in. You know, he, he, big dude. Yeah. But so he's sitting there, and so I go, I say, okay, let's now let's start to bidding for Eddie, and I go, let's start to bidding at five hundred dollars, and Eddie goes five hundred dollars. He wasn't happy with me at all. <laughs> he looked at me like five hundred dollars. You know, I, yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. And and then we, I, I, there, I stopped. He stopped, and there was just. You know, just five, that five, ten seconds of silence. And I look around and I go, well, hell, Eddie, if you notice, nobody's bid yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the 500. I was, I, it's, it's those situations sometimes you get into that there's insider shit that you don't know about. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. but you're just responding. Yeah. And so when I go, nobody bid yet, everybody's dying laughing because they can't believe I'm saying this. Yeah. And then I go, they must have seen you play. Oh, <laughs> people were falling out of their seats. They were oh laughing my God. so hard because it was true. Yeah. he's not a good golfer. Oh. he's not. He's not a good player. You know, he doesn't oh. really play golf. Golf. You know, really. Yeah. You know, he'll come out to tournaments and play right. and be a celebrity, which right. is awesome. Yeah. But he's not really. A, and 
all these Ohio State people, they'd been to this fundraiser before. Right, right. They've all met him. Yeah, they've yeah. all, you know, so they don't really, they're not wild about him being on the team because <laughs> he's not going to help you, you know, unless he makes a random putt or something. Right, you know? right. Oh, man. They, and I didn't find out any of this till after the whole thing was over with. They were going to. People come to me going, how did you know? I said, no shit. <laughs> yeah, you just read it. I know. <laughs> he just made a read. So he went out, He he went for $2,500. And then I went to Archie. And I said, Archie, I've, I've set the bidding amount for everybody else. But I said, this is your tournament, and you're the guy. Yeah. You tell me how much you go for. And Archie goes, well, let's see. Eddie went for $2,500, and everybody in this room knows I'm twice as good as Eddie. Because <laughs> he has two Heisman trophies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That must have been interesting. That's fun. Yeah. But, yeah. But, you know, you know, I, I, I used to – I mean, I, I think stand-up – obviously, stand-up comedy is not everybody's cup of tea. No. But I do go, where, where do you get your laughter? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but – Let's get it somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know some preachers that are really, really funny. Yeah. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great speakers, you know. Yeah. And uh, it was just weird. She was one of those kind of, you know, her hair was dyed, and she looked like she cared a lot about the environment, that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. I was like, so I, so she's probably one of the people that would like rate Dave Chappelle's new special as a zero percent. Like, <laughs> I can't believe he would say that. You know what I mean? So. Oh, there's some people that there's some people definitely Whatever. would watch a special like that and go that person should be jailed for what he just said or exactly what she just said and that's yeah. that's scary it is scary that's yeah. scary it's the way it used to be yeah mm-hmm. a long time ago it's scary when people are going we need to give the Boston bomber representation in court and they want to like take off Dave Chappelle's head you're like what what's happening here you know sure it's very strange. well when whenever the you know as we all know. Whenever that there's there's a point where we need to limit what people can say in certain situations because it's because of because of hate hate speech. Mm-hmm. Sure, you know, they go at it because of hate speech. You know, right. and that, that's based on white supremacy or yeah, yeah. gay bashing or right. whatever or mm-hmm. some you know against some religion or whatever, and, and it really is hate speech. Really, so that's they feel they're coming from a good place of going. We need to limit that. We need to, but when you limit that, you're also then you're opening Pandora's box to limit everybody's speech. Mm -hmm. You know, and who's the one that's going to be deciding who gets to speak what way? You're going to have to have a body of right a a, a legitimate uh, not legislative legal body. Mm-hmm. That can say you can't say that, and if you say it again, there's a punishment. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I I've heard hate speech before, and it's not funny. No, oh, of course. And not. I've never heard anybody in a room laugh right. at hate speech. You know no, I mean? no, no. I've seen them agree with it. No, right? And I, I, oh, exactly, exactly. I had this argument with this one woman who was trying to tell me that the subjugation of Jews in 1937 started with comedy. She was trying to tell me that. Hitler was making jokes about Jewish people. And I was like, are you trying to tell me Hitler was a stand-up comedian? Is that what you're trying to tell me right now in, in Germany? The beer hall pushes? Is that, is that what he was doing? He was attempting humor? Is that what you're trying to tell me? She firmly believed that. Like, like that, that humor starts as like this like, like uh, innocent thing, and then it, it snowballs into some, some form of like genocide. And I was like, well, 
You're crazy. If you're thinking that way, you're going any war <laughs> yeah. that you go into. You have to get the po- your your side, your population mm-hmm. base has to believe that the other population is evil. Sure. You, yeah. you have to believe that and that they're yeah. all evil. That they're right. all evil and that that they that they that to kill them is a good thing a to good do, thing. right? Because we're we're eradicating mm-hmm. these evil people off of the face of the earth. And how do you go to war without believing that you're going to kill other people? Now, right. now there is part of it's just kill or be killed. You're put in a situation sure. you go. No matter how you feel about that guy, they've got him convinced that you're you're evil. Right. So you better kill him before he kills you. Then you're just between devil and the deep blue sea. Yeah. 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 But still, and yet that that is. That is the way it is. Yeah. And once you demonize, in any situation, once you demonize a group, then there, and, and in religious terms, it'd be like, if those, all of them, when they die, are going to hell. For right, sure. right, exactly. Well, if you've already decided that when those people die from the way they live their life, that they're going to hell, well, then what's the big deal if you just murder them all? Right, exactly. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. in that, you get them into that headset. Yeah. And, and what we, and of course, what we all know is even, even in World War II, you can't tell me that there weren't Germans and Italians and Japanese people that were in that war firing, trying to kill us, that, that they were all evil people? Yeah, exactly. I don't believe that. Can't, I can't believe be. that they got. I believe that there was a there's a enough of it, of the leadership and enough people that that got power mm-hmm. and then said, "Well, you got a choice. Mm-hmm. Either you go to war and fight for us, or we'll just throw your ass in prison, right. or maybe just shoot." Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? That that there's your choice. Yeah. And then you have like 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 Hitler burned down his parliament building. Uh huh. Burned down his own parliament building and blamed it on communists. Oh yeah, of course. But like, there you go. Like, they'll they'll do so- certain things like that to like in the public eye. Like, yeah, fuck, they are evil. Like, oh, they burned down our parliament building. Of course, mm-hmm. of course. It's like that's you know? that's evil. That's the evil. Is the leadership? Well, I was it's like, fuck. And I, and I get. It. I wish I could quote where I get this shit, but I know it's mostly off NPR because I'm an NPR junkie. Yeah, right. But there was a guy on there talking about nationalism. Sure. And he was talking about how this is a strategy for nationalism as far back as you want to go is that to keep a large population kind of under control Mm -hmm. to kind of keep them together bonded you need a common enemy Mm -hmm. that everyone agrees is a common enemy right and it and because that allows the leadership to keep a certain amount of fear Mm -hmm. that if you don't if you're not ready if you're not ready to build up your military complex to get all your to get your defenses and not and be ready, well, North Korea is going to come fucking you know throw nuclear weapons at you. Iran's going to yeah. do da. China's going to do da 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 da. da. You know, you got to have that common enemy. Yeah. You know that, that, that it and it works. And the That's guy, it. I remember the guy citing different cultures mm-hmm. since it's like every Romans, civilization you know, yeah, yeah. and how they do it you know mm-hmm. how the leadership yeah uh, it's like the for any society to form ever it needed a common enemy or a common goal right and usually the goal was an enemy like, yeah to eradicate the enemy exactly yeah because they're coming to get you because they're coming to get you yeah. I think we could 
utilize that. But like, our common enemy right now is probably like climate change, something like that, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, very possible. I remember wasn't it Reagan that said that he wondered what would happen if an alien species invaded us, how quickly we would drop all of our differences as a society, as a oh. global society. Well, and no like doubt that. about it. I mean, if we had a reason to globalize, I mean, just look at our own country or anything. But just take America. You go. We have a lot of division in America. We always have. Yeah. We always have. It's own. It's just more publicized now. Yeah, yeah. But we, there's always we're a big, we're a massive country. Yeah. You know, with a lot of different cultures and and and, and backgrounds and mm-hmm. and, and this, that, that, that I mean, people that grew, people that grew up seven generations in Appalachia. Yeah. Compared to people that grew up in seven man- generations in Manhattan. Right. Right. Well, yeah. they're all Americans. Uh-huh. They're Americans and they're Americans. Sure. But they couldn't be more polar. Right. Opposite. Of course. But yeah. If somebody attacks America, them two guys, the guy from New York and the guy from from you know hump butt you yeah. know North Carolina, <laughs> drinking beers They're going to be in a damn foxhole together. Uh-huh, they're sure. going to be covering each other's ass because they're yeah. Americans. You know. Mm-hmm. So if you have a common thing yeah if it went worldwide that'd be exactly it yeah. i know i almost kind of hope for it like maybe that'll answer some shit well you know obviously as a species i believe and you know it's just my own but i believe to survive as a species eventually we're gonna need to have some kind of worldwide ruling body Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Probably. That doesn't mean we still don't have our different countries and our different mm-hmm. cultures. Right. You know, kind of like how America has a president and, and legislature and, and the Congress, but still there's states' there's rights. States. Yeah, yeah. So there's individual states' rights. Mm-hmm. But that just comes up with a basic moral code that goes, you can't treat the environment. There are certain things, no matter who you are, you cannot do this to the environment, mm-hmm. and you can't do this to human beings. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't be a pedophile. Yeah. We right. don't allow that. No. You can't fuck up the ocean. You can't fuck up the air. You can't burn down the rainforest. You can't, mm-hmm. you know, and that just sets a moral code, and, and then you got to have a worldwide police force. Yeah. You know that that when somebody starts doing that, and, and just like we do now with sanctions, that'd be the first thing you'd do is you go, you got to stop that, or, or or nobody's gonna trade with you. We're gonna yeah. lock down your currency. Nobody's gonna be able to trade with you. You know, yeah. that, that's that. Yeah. You're on story. your own. Right. And uh, or you know, uh, um, or if it got down to the worst case scenario, you got to go in and take over. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of a deal, but yeah, that's way out there. But it just seems like that's what naturally would happen sometime way out in the future. We've got to be global in decision making. I think we've been building towards that from the get go, anyway. I mean, if you yeah. think about it, I don't, I don't get why people get all this like, like the, the main conspiracy theorists like, oh, the globalists. There's a there's a cabal that's trying to rule the world, and you're like, fucking hope so. <laughs> that's how I feel about it. Like, don't you think we should probably? Yeah, I hope there's people at the top know what the fuck they're doing. Mm-hmm. Well, of course you know? so. Yeah. Well, you know, that's in any society. When yeah. You, you can look at the society. If if the people of that society are happy and content and and have basic personal freedoms and and right. can express themselves openly and that sort of thing, you've got good leadership at the top. Yeah. And when you see that. Eighty percent of the country is impoverished, and and there's no there's no funding going in to help those people with basic 
just basic uh, um, rights yeah. to yeah. health care and, uh, and uh, clean water and uh, public transportation. Well, you know, that's a leadership. They don't give a shit. No. no you know, yeah. they're just raping their area for all they can. You know? Yeah, that needs to stop for sure. Yeah. Well, that's it. You go, and how do you do it? Quit trading with them. Right, right. You know? My girlfriend just, lives in Detroit in the really poor part, and, like, uh, their water got shut off before she moved in for, like, two or three months. Jesus. Nobody cared to, like, fix it. it. They just took their fucking time to get it fixed. And yeah. Like, yeah. They're just poor people. Nobody gives a shit. I was just, and then, you know, and, and, and with that extreme, poor people in America, for the most part, have it a lot better yeah. than poor people in India yeah, or yeah. Africa mm-hmm. or some of these yeah. Central and South American countries. I mean, you know, that's a whole nother level of poor. It's just awful. I was trying, I was actually, I was at this, I was telling them I was at this Kava bar last night and it's all like young college kids. It's uh-huh. like 20, 22 at the, at the oldest, right? And there's this kid talking to me and he seemed hopeless. Like he was just drowning in this idea of like we're all fucked and the world's over and like there's nothing we can do about it and i was like i was trying to instill this idea about him it's it's really stupid like the wording of it but i was like i'm like yeah things are bad right now i'm like but it's the least bad it's ever bad yes and he was like i don't get what you mean i'm like i'm like like listen i'm not gonna lie to you i would probably choose to be in flint michigan over i don't know the genghis khan era you know yeah maybe just when they were yeah. just rolling through they didn't even ask you questions they just cut your fucking head off that oh, kind of sucks right that's right and i had to instill this idea and i'm like 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 stop having these existential crises and stop freaking out the world is safer than it's yeah. ever been if you look at statistics it is. murder rates homicide rates de- death environmental war, deaths yeah uh, all that stuff mm-hmm. the the world is safer than it's ever been and you try to uh, I mean climate change might be of course we went through an ice age at one point too that wiped out a lot of people but it seemed like a bunch of us survived and yeah hey and whatever they wiped out we still got we still got back 7.8 billion people yeah (laughs) you know somehow we procreated okay and it's like after the ice age you know but yeah you gotta like i was trying to tell them like be a part of the solution like my favorite analogy is like if, if our car breaks down the side of the internet interstate and like four of us get out and one person's like jacking the, the car up one person's getting the spare tire out the other person's you know taking off the fucking bolts and then the fourth person is just sitting there bitching about firestone like <laughs> who the yeah, fuck good, good who, who's doing? the least productive person of sure. the fucking group you know what i mean absolutely like you don't you're not, you don't you don't have any ideas of how to fix this tire you're just yeah. bitching about like absolutely. fuck firestone you know what i mean like absolutely yeah. it's dumb and, and a lot of it is just propaganda just to make you afraid make you afraid yeah. divide afraid yeah. you know and uh, and alienate you, you know, feel like you are alienated from that other culture. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. that they're so different from mm-hmm. you. And of course, we all know. Anytime some something happens and you get you get some opportunity to be immersed in that culture you've never been around before. Sure. And what do you find ninety percent of the time? Bunch of nice people. Nice people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bunch of them. Most mm-hmm. of them. It's annoying. You know, they just just want. We all want the same basic. We all, we all shit. hold the mm-hmm. same basic human values. I think. That's right. It's different cultures, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I know that because I'm super, super white. I grew up in Sarasota, so I'm devoid of almost all cultures. So therefore, <laughs> I like get along with almost every culture. You know what I mean? I was I was like, my experience through like high school and every other school was like getting made fun of by white people, like. That's that's basically what it comes. I, I used to hang out with like the black kids, 
and like the Asians and stuff. Because like the white, like the Chads and the Blakes never invited me to the pool party. You know what I mean? They're assholes. Mm-hmm. I got more ginger jokes from white people than I did from any other ethnicity. You know? Yeah. So I don't know. I just I think that people are just uncomfortable with cultures than like actually skin color. If that makes sense, I don't know. No. It's, well, you know, people are uncomfortable when you take them out of their. Um, comfort zone sure yeah. they immediately get uncomfortable mm-hmm. right. and and there is a i think a smaller part of the population that when you get them out of their comfort zone and introduce something new to them they get excited about it sure. i'm that way i'm like i get excited about oh man this is cool yeah. you know, right what yeah, that's yeah. Che- you know you're watching and you're like yeah. really interested and you know, and and it's so exciting. you might leave. You might leave that situation, and you might go. That was so cool. I wouldn't want to live that way. No, that, that's not me. Right. Yeah, yeah. But that was. Or you might pick up one or two things that they did. Go. I don't particularly want to live that way. But boy, I picked up a couple of things that they did that was really. And I'm going to apply yeah. to my own life. Right. Yeah. You can learn from each other, and then. But there's a lot of people out there that that scares them it just it scares them it makes them nervous yeah and you know i've said this before when we were sitting here in the green room you know that that we've been a tribal we've always been tribal yeah that's how you survived mm-hmm. is yeah, by tribal for sure and, and we we've it's only been since we we've had uh some countries have proper law enforcement that you could not be tribal and still be protected yeah but that's only been going on for 50, 60 years, maybe. I mean, mm-hmm. not that long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I was watching a, I was watching a thing on television about, uh, you know, the diversity and this, that, and the other. They picked some small town in Missouri or somewhere. Yeah. yeah. One of these towns of maybe, you know, maybe five thousand people or something like that, or ten. You know, a small town. And they're talking to these people who uh, have lived in that town. I mean, their families have lived in that town for five or six, seven generations, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe longer, I don't know. Been there yeah. for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, and so they have this history of the town being this and being this for a hundred years or more. And, and now, within just the past 20 years, they never had, they never had, uh, Usually you would have black and white people in just about any any town. Sure, yeah. But they never had Hispanic people sure, yeah. in their town. Now they have, maybe they have a hundred. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they never had Asian people. Sure, now yeah. Now they, they never had Muslims. Now they've got enough Muslim people in their town, they're going to build a mosque on, on the on the back side of town. Yeah. They tore down our favorite blah, 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 and they're going to put a mosque up there. Yeah. And... When I was there, the, and the thing was from the locals there was that they're taking away our town. They're, right. ta- they're destroying our culture. And, and, and I, I would say that every one of the people they interviewed, I did not think that any of them came across as anyone that hated anybody. Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. They didn't. You know, they're down-home country people. They're scared. But they, they're scared. And yeah. they, But rather than going in and going, hey, let's now we have, what it is, you go, yes, your town is changing. It's not going to stay Norman Rockwell. Right. It's not going to. Yeah. It's changing. But change is everything. You can't stop changing. No. Mm-hmm. And em, why don't you embrace it, and you might find that you, you might find that in the next generation that your town is better than it's ever been right you mm-hmm. know that you yeah. have a lot of 
you have a lot of uh, different uh, with the different cultures coming in. Just things like just having different foods and different yeah. traditions that are cool and this that and the other. It could be fun. They get scared. At, uh, they get scared. Yeah. Tulsa is like that. Yeah. yeah. I was visiting Tulsa and then somebody like let slip that. There was not a race riot. There was a race massacre within like holy shit within a hundred years where they just round up all the black people in town and kill them. And uh, Jesus. And now it's like it one. It's one of the most diverse places I've been mm-hmm. to in the middle of the yeah. Midwest, and it's so strange. I'm like, I got ramen there. And I never expected <laughs> to get ramen. I got in the pho. Of <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was really good. You that's know, what. That's what I think should happen, though. Especially when you're doing with the. With the any, no matter how big or small, you have to have like these like community outreach programs where people are mingling with each other. Like yeah. you can't just everybody staying in their homes, watching the news, and like peeking out their windows. Like oh, the Johnsons are moving in. I'm scared. Go talk to them. You know, they're people. Like, I don't well, know. You know, I went through that in the South, and not that segregation went in the North. Segregation was everywhere. Yeah, still is. Yeah, but yeah. I can remember when so after the civil rights movement, you really took hold, and so by the time we got to uh you know the 68 69 70 right in there probably even more like 69 70 71 in that time period it was like if you were going to sell your house okay mm. now it's against the law for you and when i say now this was 1969 so here my parents had experienced that if a black couple walked up interested in buying our house they could either just not answer the door or go to the door and go, this ain't a neighborhood for you. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. some along that lines. Yeah. And that was, you could do that. Yeah. And then in about five years, that changed to yeah. where that black couple can sue your ass for doing that. You could be punished for doing it. It's against the law. Yeah, or it's against, you can't do it. And <laughs> I can remember people talking about, it, I'm selling my house, but you know we all got together and told the kids, you know, everything. If a black couple comes up, everybody hide under the bed. I mean, literally, like yeah. hide, hide. Yeah. And and it was it was so bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. But it just and once again, I don't think that a lot any, a lot of these people. I look back in my neighborhood and this that, and the other. I don't think they hated like 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 white supremacist hate. Yeah. Rich. Right. Right. Not that that shit didn't happen. It did. It was awful. But like I don't. Most of these people were. You know, but they're not comfortable. And it wasn't a matter of black. It could have been black or Hispanic or Asian or any different culture. They would have been just as uncomfortable, you know. Mm -hmm. And and in that light, we've come a tremendous long way, I think, since 1970. Sure. You know, but But as we've seen, we still got a long way to go, that's for sure. It's that comfort feeling that, like, you have to get outside your comfort zone to get more comfortable. That's right. You expand. Like, your comfort zone starts really small when you're, especially depending on where you grow up, but right. like, you're supposed to expand those horizons. Otherwise, like, what's the point? Why, why leave your house? You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Well, I know, you know, because when I grew up in Chattanooga, it was almost all white where we're, how I yeah. grew up. Mm-hmm. And then I went to college in Memphis. Mm-hmm. And Memphis was like almost 50-50. It might have even been stronger uh, African American than to white, so all of a sudden around a lot of black people, mm-hmm. you know, and now I'm the type that goes, this is kind of a neat experience, you yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah. different, yeah. and I won't say at times you didn't feel a little uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know, but then you'd feel uncomfortable in a situation where you're you're way the minority, 
Right. Then you ended up having fun that night. You had a great time. You met some new people. Yeah. Da, 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 da. And you go, well, shit, that's, you know. And then over a period of time to me is that I think the hardest is to be able to look past their race. Yeah. You know, that's just, you. it really is their race is the same as whatever clothes they're wearing that day. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like I don't, I don't trust anybody that wears a suit and tie right. in the middle of the day. <laughs> right. I don't trust right. them, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, if you ain't in jeans and a t-shirt, I'm not <laughs> yeah, comfortable. Yeah, with yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. But when you can look past race and just and just go, let's just find out who they are. Uh -huh. You know, who this per do I get along with this person? Yeah. You know. Uh, but it takes a little getting used to. I'll admit it. And that's what I, yeah, you, you, it is. It, and it's just like, it's just cultural differences. Or sometimes it's just differences in personalities and stuff yeah, like that. Sure. Individual Absolutely. differences. Absolutely. I've met all, I've been assholes of every race. And I've met <laughs> good people of every race. It's like, it's just one of those things, you know? An ego is an ego is an ego. <laughs> like you're yeah, just like, yeah. yeah, buddy. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go out here and check out the end of Al's show. I think he should be wrapping up here soon. All right, cool. All right. We're That's good. Y'all keep talking. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate yeah, being yeah. on and everything. It was fun. Cool concept. Yeah. Hey, thank you for listening to yet another episode of the Conversation Podcast here at McCurdy's Comedy Theater. Please go to our website, McCurdy'sComedy.com, to view all of our upcoming shows and events. Also, if you liked Al Romas, follow him on his website at AlRomas.com. That's A-L-R-O-M-A-S.com. And uh, Mike Cronin is a very funny comedian out of Chicago. Follow him on Twitter at Bonesnake3. That's a joke that he does in his act, and it's a very funny one. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much.